This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's when the time. It's the presser once again, and JR filling in for Rich Pullen, who's having yet more internet problems. I think it's a reaction from his family, probably cutting the cables so that they don't have to watch another Saturday's worth of iFollow. Next up is Bradford, who haven't lost in 11 against us, who haven't won in 9. So, super excited to hype up tomorrow's game. Uh, I'll be there in person, and joining me as ever... It's Joe Ackland from Total Sports Swindon. Joe, how's it going? Doing well. It sounds like Rich is having more internet problems. The Swindon have had injury issues this year, but always good to be back with you on the presser, JR. Well, it's always lovely to be with you, especially uh, at short notice. Now, I am an enthusiastic contributor. I know there are many, many uh, podcast outlets out there, lots of people giving their, their free time to cover and talk about Swindon Town. Full disclosure, though, Rich has promised payment by way of, he says, tomorrow, Magic Chippy is on him. How about that? Oof, that's a huge win for you. 
Absolutely. It's going to be sausage and chips all the way around six ish. So uh, there you go. We could always do an LS Pod uh, mini live uh, from there. So yeah, if you're a fan, come and uh, talk to me while I eat a mouthful of chips, and it'll be lovely stuff. Um, speaking of lovely stuff, weird transition from that. Uh, Barrow game. How did you find that, Joan? I'm going to quite controversially say I didn't mind it. I think. Just from the perspective of the just devoid of confidence performances we've seen, I think it was probably quite important that Swindon played a game where they didn't make any mistakes. They were in control. It was the best we've look in, looked in possession since Morris arrived, I think, just in terms of holding it high up the pitch and being able to pin a team in more than they have done. Obviously, there's, you know, there's a bit of lack of end product there, but at the same time, we've had a Stonewall penalty turned down Johnny Williams has got to score one. There's a couple for Charlie Austin. So there's not like there were no chances. It wasn't a great performance, but it was certainly an awful lot better than it has been for the previous couple of weeks. It seems like people are balancing out based on the feedback from uh, yesterday's pod covering the match with Rich and Terry and their own analysis that, you know, as as an entertainment spectacle, it was pretty poor. But as you say... To, to credit that things aren't going particularly wrong, you can say that there were maybe some, some green shoots in there. Yeah, I think just from, and I asked Morris this after the game, just in terms of rebuilding confidence, you're never going to go from the floor to the sky. There kind of has to be a middle point. And I think that hopefully will, will probably be smashed into a million pieces tomorrow night. But um, just in terms of rebuilding that confidence, I think it was probably quite an important performance to be able to put up against a team who are fighting for the playoffs as much as Pete Wilde didn't seem to know that during the game. Yeah, yeah. Barrow Plant fighting for playoffs, although, yeah, they didn't really seem to, uh, as as Terry said, they didn't really seem to be set up to have a go uh, of it. I'm not sure what really happened there. Um, but more more promotion contention tomorrow. Another big side in League 2 in Bradford City. I've already seen on Instagram... Mr. Romilly Critchlow is is already in town. Oh, he's, he's made an early comeback, has he, for the, the big fixture? Or is that just the big bucks that Bradford can splash around? I thought maybe he might want to, you know, want to touch base with a few old haunts, but I think that's probably, uh, yeah, splashing the big cash and having a nice a nice stay over. Who knows? Maybe we'll have a nice uh, group meal tonight. Yeah, just thinking <laughs> the players that Romilly Critchlow might still know who are still at Swindon. As far as I'm aware, most of the people who he seemed to hang out with on Instagram don't play for Swindon anymore and there's not too many from last season left to begin with. He could always drop, maybe he could drop Lewis Ward a, uh, a message and see if he wants to go for a, a white wine spritz or something like that. Yeah, I mean, Lewis Ward's never really doing anything. He probably doesn't have to go to training, so you know, <laughs> nice day on the town with Romney Critchlow. Why not? That's it, there's him and, and Ryan East is in the Bradford squad, isn't he? I don't know if he's... Uh his current squad status, but that's two people from last season who were uh, one, of course, Alonia one that we did away with in the summer. And uh, they might both be up in league one next year. So sobering thought. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have to assume Ryan East isn't an integral part of that team, but uh, he is, he is still going to do it. I'm very excited. I'm very excited of the prospect. I've just realized that if there's, if there's some joy that I can get out of going tomorrow evening, um, Mark Hughes will be in the house, and as uh, as part of the Welsh contingent, that that is exciting. Yeah, and um, as is discussed, a, a fellow Chelsea legend, much 
well, not particularly similar to Jody Morris, but you get the point. They played with each other. Yeah, we'll get to that. That, that surprised me and aged me at the same time. So let's crack onto the presser anyway. Um, I believe Usual Suspects, wasn't it? Was it yourself, Mr. Hawes from BBC Radio Wiltshire and Johnny Leefield of the Advertiser? It was not. It was a big switch up today. No, oh. no Hawes. And again, no... Um, no Leefield, who is, I believe, coming back from Bilbao today. But it was, you know, I was actually the the senior figure, as um, I was joined by um, uh, Jack Bishop, who's currently f- subbing in at the advertiser, and of course Sean Hodgetts, who um, whose dulcet tones are always lovely to hear, even through radio or just in a press conference scenario. It's the one broadcaster I can hear is stonewashed jeans every time I hear on BBC <laughs> Radio Wiltshire. Okay, so yeah, a bit of a switch up. So uh, yeah, what was the vibe with with Jack and Sean before going in? Well, yeah, it was um, fairly subdued, I would I would say, and, and as you would largely expect. Uh, the the Zoom ones are well, teams are always a bit weird press conference wise because um, as everyone probably knows from being in those sort of meetings, you're not really sure. If you can have a proper chat and things sort of dip in and out, Morris was fairly prompt this week as well. But so it wasn't like huge big pauses. But yeah, it was it was a fairly sort of chilled out, subdued atmosphere in the um in the meeting. Well, it'd be a fairly subdued atmosphere for ourselves and listeners. So let's well let's let's dig into the presser a bit here. We we'll probably should start where we almost always start with it. It's the the treatment table. I know there was some talk about Joe Tomlinson on Friday, but I think after that open training session as well, was there some concerns about um, McEachern as well? Um, well, Joe, Joe Tomlinson, as we know from Saturday, was going to be out probably for the end of the season, and that was sort of followed up on, and we got maybe a bit more specifics about that, where he his injury came actually after they'd finished the opening training session. He was just kicking a few balls felt that he tweaked his groin and then walked around, did his thing, and that, that sort of kept getting worse. He might be back for Crawley, but it's looking a little bit unlikely that he'll be able to play again this season, which is a little bit disappointing, um, is, um, as people have been remarking upon since I sort of, not broke it because it was said in the normal press conference way, but put that out on Twitter that so he has, has had quite a few injury troubles. McEachern, um played and played very well, I thought, against Barrow, but then right at the end he gets a bit of a big tackle on him and has to go off. I saw him kind of hobbling around at the end of the game and Morris has confirmed that he, again, is almost certainly not playing this one. Um, they, they still don't think it will be too serious and are possibly thinking towards the weekend again, but unless something happened, unless there's a major shift overnight, he also won't be involved for this one. So another player will be out in mid, without in midfield, which is always good fun. Yeah, it's well, that will be a big loss. I guess I was wondering if there might be the old uh, the old mind tricks at play, like with Ronan Darcy the other week. But I guess going so quickly from Saturday to Tuesday, it would kind of make sense to to rest and be sure for the weekend, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think that definitely plays into it. And unlike a couple of those injuries, we did actually see it happen with McEachern. So there's a bit of evidence that he was injured. Um, it could be a bit of a smoke screen again. You know, I've uh, I've not been one to want to be duped by that, so I suggested that Tomlinson actually might be fine, and his injury is rather serious um, last week. So yeah, it. I mean, it was probably a bit more emphatic than Yadarsi's, Blake Tracy's from previous press conferences about the the level McEachern is. He said he was ninety nine point nine percent certain that he won't be playing, 
But um, it is also prudent to think that these press conferences, in a sort of Richie Wellens type way, are usually lying about the injuries. Yes. Now, there's been a lot of conjecture in the social media spaces and speculating on, you know, why why this team is performing the way that they are. We've seen a lot of chopping and changing of personnel as well. Um, I think Jody Morris asked a question about how he's keeping the players you know, happy and, and on board. Uh, I know that Harrison Minton came in and Jake Kane was left out for Barrow. And, yeah, how did he handle... That that prospect of you know keeping a keeping a happy camp. Yeah, overall he wasn't taking too much note of um, you know players not being happy because they're not playing. He kind of took the and I think fairly practical approach of you're never going to be able to keep everyone happy unless your squad is eleven players. And if you, your squad is eleven players, then Jody Morris wouldn't be happy. So that's that's just a bad situation for everyone. So you know he's kind of do what you can, but these players are just aren't going to be happy because you have to leave some people out. Um, he felt it was always important to be open with the players about, you know, why they'd not been left out. And he, he said he'd spoken to Jake Kane and he sort of accepted that they had to bring Harrison Minton back in because Fraser Blake Tracy had been having a few, one or two issues, which we did hear about in the, in the press conference beforehand. Um, that he, you know, he having some difficulty with his toe, and if he had to come off, then Lavinia would have to come on, and then you've not got any defensive options on the bench, which is why Minton in that situation, is more useful if you've got the likelihood of ha- possibly having to use one of your de- your only defensive cover. So Minto came in, Kane had to come out um, in favour of the other the other midfield players, and it feels like someone like Kaji is probably closer to the first-team plan to Morris at the moment than Jake Kane. So he was the one that made way. It sounded like he understood, and you know, Morris is trying to have those conversations and let everyone know, which... It's interesting if people read about Frank Lampard's time at Chelsea, where obviously they worked together, but supposedly Lampard wasn't a big one for doing that kind of thing. So uh, for you know talking to players who aren't in the squad and stuff like that. So that Morris is doing that is is a good sign for just making players understand where they stand and they're not you know just sort of walking around grumpy the whole time and possibly bringing the group down that way. I guess that makes sense, and well, Mr. Lampard has a second bite of the cherry to put that right at Chelsea, doesn't he? Um, so yes, on the weekend we we got the the hallowed the hallowed point that we'd missed out uh, after a glut of games where we're getting absolutely nothing. What was that result um, meaning for Mr. Morris? Um, obviously it's not a, a huge deal because it isn't the win that they're looking for and it still doesn't change any of his plans in terms of you know, if they can bring a couple of players out, try try a few different people who have maybe played a little bit less. He's still very much wanting to get that win. He said he owed it to the club and the players and everyone there to, to try and get those results and do as much as they can. Um, it's still, he went even further and he said before that he, he now actively doesn't like the word experiment because probably he's been he's been <laughs> told it by us a lot quite a few times in terms of are, are you going to do it? And he's, that he doesn't really feel that match day is is the place for doing that kind of thing and said they you know they they you can do that kind of thing on the training ground but when it comes down to it you're always going to try and win that game and they're going to keep going with that mission which is which is nice but. You know, given that they are supposedly trying quite hard, they're not being overly successful in doing that. 
The interesting, uh, interesting self-assessment there. What was what was his view on how things went on Saturday against Barrow? Yeah, his his view was again quite similar to where he was after the immediately after the game, and largely what everyone else has been talking about. He it feels that there were more positives than we have seen defensively. They were a bit more secure in dealing with what Barrow were going to try and do, and they were controlling possession higher up the pitch than they had been. So from that perspective, he he did feel that it was a, a more pleasing performance. But he's still, as as everyone is, um, a bit disappointed they're not not turning that into creating a little bit more and and winning those games maybe when they deserve it a little bit more. Um, and he's still a bit salty about the penalty we didn't get. And as you said at this front there, um, you know, a bit more a bit more disciplined, a bit better organised. Um, I assume that. Yeah, he's pleased with with that. And do you feel like they're finally doing what he instructs them to do? Um, it did feel like they they carried out the game plan to a large degree. In that perspective, you kind of saw early on. I noted they they kept trying to kick um, hit balls in behind Barrow uh, in behind their wing backs, so they got pegged back a little bit more. And from when they managed to sort of move them back more permanently, that was that was when they were able to control the game and stop Barrow from getting out. So it did feel like that, that game plan that he looked, he looked to carry out to, to nullify Barrow as much as they could. And you'd have to say they did a pretty good job at doing that. Um, They certainly did do that. Whether or not that happens again against a team who like Bradford, who, as we will get to, um, are a bit more aggressive in how they're going to try and defend Swindon remains to be seen but against a slightly more passive side in Barrow it the the system and the plan was a lot was a lot clearer and stuck to by the players I think yeah it feels like it's going to be difficult to build on that tomorrow because of course as we as we said earlier Bradford are way up there they're where you know we would like to to be um has he had a chance to have a look at how Bradford are playing what was his his uh, anticipation of what he'll come up against tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, it was it was not one to instill confidence, I think, because he was pretty high on Bradford. He has been on a few sides recently as well. He was pretty high on Mansfield, and that didn't go well either. But, um, he was talking about the big threat that will come up in terms of Andy Cook, who's the league's top goalscorer, um, who I, I imagine people are aware of at this point. Um, but his sort of physical presence, as well as being... Know, pretty predatory in the box. It's going to be a big, big bit for them to get around, and as well, and as well, having to deal with sort of quite more technical players in the in their what in their wingers who are going to pose a different, completely different threat. So Bradford are going to be quite versatile in the way that they're going to attack, and they can do different things, which makes it a bit more difficult to stop them. So certainly, they he was he was he was essentially saying Barrow was a good start, but. We're going to have to raise those levels quite a long way if we're going to do a similar thing against Bradford. Yes, there was some conjecture reading, uh, I think there must have been your press conference notes online of people feeling that it felt like Morris was bigging up Cook more than he had his own players. <laughs> I mean, certainly if you were to compare the... I, I believe Cook is their number nine. If you were to compare that to how we spoke about our own number nine, um, he's certainly more complimentary about the former. Um, which I think is is you know if you look at their relative performance, it is not a, not an overall jump, but 
I, I think he's still trying to get that reaction out of players to really, he's trying to set the standards where he wants them and hopefully maybe he'll become a bit more positive about people as we go on. Yeah, and speaking of like-for-like, like, as you said at the beginning, Mr. Mark Hughes, and it's hard to think back, uh, you know, because of course used to watch in the 90s when I was a mere teenager. Um, it's hard to believe that they're coming through, they're overlapping in the same era at Chelsea as, as players and peers. Yeah, I, I wasn't born when Hughes was a player. So oh, there we go. I, <laughs> I, I, um, I asked my, my dad the other day, I was like, did Hughes and Morris play together? Because obviously they were at Chelsea at a relatively similar time. So I wasn't completely sure if that, if there was that overlap. But I think Morris, is, as a particularly young player, would have been coming into the first team when Hughes was there. And he went on, I think we in similar-ish terms, as we heard about Viali. Um, in his first non-unveiling press conference. Um, quite a long monologue about how good Mark Hughes was a player and how useful as a resource he was for sort of helping form who Jody Morris is, which could have done a bit more on the managerial side. That would have been nice, but I guess that wasn't as pressing for the two of them at the time. But yeah, he was very, very complimentary about Hughes as a player. And then you know, he hasn't worked against him as a manager quite yet, but... He was is again obviously talking about a, a very, very um, impressive career that Hughes has had in management. Obviously, it's still a bit of a shock that he manages in League Two, given uh, what he did um, at various different clubs. Um, the Stoke Alona side comes to mind in particular, but um, yeah, he was he was talking about someone he he would like to be able to learn from again in that way, and sort of the things that Hughes has been able to accomplish post being a player that Morris as a young manager looks would like to be able to emulate. Well, you know, I'd say Bradford, no shame in it. Ex Premier League team, big team in League Two. And guess what, Jody, you manage one as well. So get excited and get hyped about that. Hey, there was some happy news this week. Uh, Anton Dorzak signed his first professional deal. Um I assume that Morris knows who he is from from the reaction from it. It doesn't seem like he's seen much of him. Yeah, it looks like he might have seen his name written down. I don't know if he's met the bloke, but um, he's he's kind of kind of asked about his contract and if he'd been if he what he'd seen of Dwarzak if he'd been involved with the first team. And the slightly strange situation came up that he he had an illness where uh, as Morris was coming in, so maybe he trained in the first week or something with the first team, but. That sort of illness has led to him having a few physical difficulties that meant that he's not been able to sort of come back in in the intervening period. So he's not actually really seen um, Anton Dwarzak play. Obviously, he talked about the fact that the club value him a lot as a player to give him that a, a nice two-year contract, which is, I think, good to tie him down. He's, he's shown good quality this season when he's played, but um, not been able to have been... I think we've all seen him more than Jody Morris has. Yeah, that line of saying is someone the club value that I haven't seen too much doesn't sound like the the greatest strap line, but oh yeah, I've seen him, you've seen him, and he's definitely looked bright and very pleased to see what he can do next year. But the current yeah. stars of the first team, well, he got the listeners man of the match on the last episode. The two in uh, central defence, you've got Tom Brewer and uh, Clayton as well. What uh, was Jody saying about about those two and their their partnership, their impromptu duo? 
Yeah, one half of the um, Scousers Quartet, which we learned if people have read, um, I think, Kami O'Neill's article in The Athletic, talking to Clayton and Kane last week. Um, the Bruett, Clayton, Darcy and Kane are known in the squad as the Scousers, and the two of them are starting at centre-back at the moment. And um, he was very complimentary about their performance on Saturday and again today, but again, just really <laughs> drilling in that they, they did they did a lot of stuff well, but they're going to be playing a player in Cook, who even if they came up against a good striker in Gordon at the weekend, is has got a lot more to his game and a lot more that can really trouble them. And those two, especially Airy, again, they dealt pretty well with what Barrow were throwing at them, but Cook more of a physical presence and they're going to have to really get the ju- their judgment spot on against him to um, if if they are to shut him down in the same way they were able to on Saturday. I'll guarantee you now, as someone of a similar age, dad age, as you would say, just like uh, Mr Pullen, similar age to Jody Morris, I am certain that he does the Scousers, Harry Enfield, calm down, calm down, to some very bemused-looking 20-somethings who have no earthly idea what he's talking about or what he's doing that is a fact that will be happening joe this is this is all this is all just just foreplay for the real discussion point of the day the number one news story that i think that everybody's been talking about and it came from your very own question well should we just have a quick listen and then we'll have a chat about it good to remind ourselves i think um, the last time there was the quick turnaround for Easter, obviously you had to leave. You left Charlie Austin behind How and said that he sort of struggles in the quick turnaround. How is he doing at the moment from what you've seen today? Uh, not bad. It will be a, it's definitely a decision that needs to be looked at. Um, but he's not, it's not just the only one. There's a, there's a few that have got a few bumps and bruises and, um, Maybe the recovery time is a bit short for them, dependent on what their personal situation is um, regarding injuries or how they're actually feeling at the minute. It will be discussions ongoing today, throughout the day and in, in the morning with um, the physio side of stuff and the, and the, and the sports science just to see where we're at. Um, but they're all things that come into play regardless of, it's not just Charlie, uh, when it's a quick turnaround, you do maybe look at how people are feeling, how they're reporting after the game um, on Saturday. So, um, like I said, there's some sore bodies in there and, and ones that need kind of re-evaluating. Um, there's ones that don't come under the injured bracket, but there's certainly ones that might not quite be 100%. One thing we've talked about a few times is contracted versus not contracted. Tommy Adeloy has been left out of the squad the last two games, I believe, in favour of Luke Jeffcott, who isn't here beyond this season right now. What's the thinking behind leaving him out of the squad? Because uh, I prefer, at the moment, I prefer Jeffcott for what we need. Um, there's, I want people that uh, want to play for this club, want to do everything that they can to um, perform. And when, when asked to do certain things. I want people that are prepared to do that. And um, Jeffy, he's been doing that of late. If anything, Jeff has been unlucky not to have played more minutes um, under me. Uh, and like I said, at the moment, I'm, I'm just going to be picking a team I think is the best team 
to help us get the result. And, and at the moment, it's been okay. Was it the last two? Did you say last two games? Jeffcott, the one that's in front of Tommy Adam. Sometimes Tommy's been in front of Jeffcott. Is that suggesting that Adeloy maybe isn't giving everything for the club at the moment? Um, I don't know, sir. I think that there's moments where you need to be 100% sure that everybody is. And there's probably been elements of that where I'm not 100% sure that he has. But um, like I said, at the moment, regardless of anything contractual or anything like that, my main my main focus is to pick the, the most suited team that I believe is ready to go and get us a result. And at the moment, uh, Jeff Cott is, is ahead of time here. Right, okay, yes, this is the thing. This is the main thing. Never mind the 20 minutes beforehand of building up and just, just skirting around the issue. This is the hot-button topic. Tommy Adeloy, commitment, strikers... Where do we even go, Joe? Dig into this one for me. I mean, yeah, it was from a personal note. It was nice to be to have the question that brings out the the big quotes of the week. It's happened a couple of times recently, but nice, nice to have it again on the Tommy Adeloy stuff. And it is a question I've been wanting to ask for a few weeks. I asked about Minter, I think two, three weeks ago now. And initially, I was going to put Adeloy into that question, but I thought maybe it's a bit of a separate issue. So um, brought it into this one and why he hadn't been in the squad for the last two games. And um, wow, basically, um, for, for what came back. Kean Harry's, he, he, he got off particularly lightly compared to um, Tommy Adeloy, who's had his whole character questioned quite significantly by his own manager. I think there's a lot of sort of suggested potentially it's, or it could be um, about trying to gain a reaction out of, out of his player and uh, you know trying to get him to to change that attitude but it's it's not a good sign for a man who did sign a two year contract with Swindon last summer yeah this is why i'm thinking this is somebody who's here next year um not really had the best of seasons but i think a lot of his defenders would say he's not really had the chance and it's remarkable to me for him to say that someone like Luke Jeffcott is more committed when he's not our player and will be with us for maybe about another five weeks and then probably going back to be, I imagine, released by Plymouth because this season hasn't been the uh, the restorative one that's going back. I know he came here with an option, but we certainly haven't used him enough to say that we would take advantage of that option. I think that as a, as a free agent or going off to somewhere in League 2, he could rebuild but I'm surprised to hear that he is more 100% committed. That's that's the charge of saying that they're 100% committed. And I think I said to you on, on Twitter, the evidence is, is there. Find me somebody in this squad who does seem 100% committed because I'm not seeing it. Yeah, I, 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 I think I like that tweet as well. I think it is it's clearly on the pitch. Maybe we aren't seeing it. I think this is probably more around the training ground situation which is where Morris at this stage in the season is where he cares most about I think and it no you it, it's it, I I think people have heard similar things but it, it's not the first time I've heard Adeloy's attitude question um questioned 
not maybe not quite as starkly as this, but I have heard those suggestions before. And um, yeah, but and if he isn't, you know, training at a hundred percent and putting in the necessary you know, energy to try and put himself in the good books, then I, unlike most of the fans, I have to say I'm kind of on Jody Morris's side on this one. If he isn't putting in that energy and that dedication to come to grips with the style, then you know, as much as Luke Jeffcott isn't our player, I don't think Tommy Adloy will be either. So there's actually really no difference. But that, I think that happened to a lot of defenders, not least um, Joel Nublay, who I'm not totally certain where, but has clearly played with um, Tommy Adeloy at, at one stage or another, um, responded to the article I put out about Adeloy and what Morris said about him and said that he, he couldn't believe someone was questioning his character in that way because that's uh, not at all his experience of him as a player. So he's, he's certainly got people behind him and I think the general Swindon public were probably more behind him than Morris. But I just think if, and we have to, we don't have, we don't watch training, we're not allowed to. So if if Adloy isn't putting in that effort, then I, I, I completely back Morris on this decision. I suppose, you know, that football is, it's, a culture of you know sort of strict discipline isn't it that you have your things like your training ground and dressing room rules and things like punctuality or what you wear and what you don't leave around are all very important and even findable things in a kind of self-regulating system isn't it that's usually managed by captains and vice captains and things like that to locker room leaders um so i don't know if things like that maybe play into things but if i think back to uh back to that that miss was that in the was that in the reverse fixture against barrow yes where, the previous barrow game yes yes of course where he missed but we won anyway and people getting on his back and how he had kind of retaliated i do i do find it hard to believe that people aren't committed or want to do their best there must be a reason why he's you know he's stuck the year out rather than you know look for any loan options or anything like that i don't know i find that i've i do find this particular element hard to square and it was the same i spoke on the pod a couple of weeks ago about the key and harry's incident and that just didn't seem particularly necessary but maybe as you say maybe this is this is his way of uh you know, trying to get a reaction from people and see if that he can put some fire in the belly. Yeah, I I, I agree with you that you certainly as someone who isn't in football, I've I've not played played it in a football club. So you know, you it's hard to believe that someone wouldn't be trying as hard as they can when you get to play football every day and someone's paying you to do it. But you know, possibly it's been a really frustrating season for Adeloy. Um, having had quite a good one at Air United last season, probably had quite a few options, chose Swindon and it it just hasn't worked at all. And maybe he's sulking a little bit. He's, you know, he's, he, he kind of blames the club for what's happened and he's maybe not, maybe that's the reason he's not putting everything in. It's, I, I don't know, I'm not there, but it's, it, that I, I can't believe that he would do it for no reason that he would just sort of fr- freeze out a player who, you know, he's, he's played for 20 minutes. And on, on the one hand, you can say, well, he's not had enough of a chance. But on the other hand, three managers have said, have looked, taken a look at Adeloy and been, not been too bothered about putting them on the pitch. So 
that either the quality is not there or he let that early season setback get to him too much and he's he's just not put it in enough to, to warrant that selection. I guess my concern from that as well is that, again, when we go back to the Dwarzak signing and things like that, and you have the manager saying that he's someone the club value who I haven't seen much of, um, those players that are contracted for next year, they're not necessarily going to you know, have the privilege of being saying they're bombed out or I don't want them. It doesn't feel like at present the setup is there where uh, his his assessment and his valuation of people um, is going to count for anything. So that's his challenge to to motivate what, what he does have. Yeah, and if, if that is his task and there is no way of getting rid of someone like this or you know sort of pushing to him one side maybe um it could always and i, I you know let, let's be clear that jody morris is clearly not richie wellens he hasn't shown anything like that but if everyone remembers at the start of the champion season keshi anderson got bombed out and got his got criticized quite heavily by wellens then he was transfer listed and all that and then he responds correctly to that comes in shows his quality again so Potentially, there's is it, he's tried certain things from Adeloy. They haven't worked. He hasn't got him to to commit the way that he wants him to. And he's thinking, okay, last hole of the dice. Respond now, or you're out, buddy. And that's that's what he's thinking. And and either that happens, or Swindon have to take a hit on Adeloy, or find a suitor for for no value, or something like that. But it, I I think we we don't know what their relationship is like, and we don't know what he has or hasn't tried behind closed doors. But if none of it's worked and he's taking the decision to sort of come out and say, you know, this guy isn't trying hard enough, then then there's got to be more reason behind it than he doesn't think he's overly good at football. I suppose it's a fair assessment of it. Yes, Keshi Anderson and Richie Wellens are a bit like oil and water. But then I also think like he had quite a fractious relationship with the uh, with the goalkeeper at the time, and um, now they're going to win the league together. So, you know, things do change. Yeah, you know, people can people can mature. Adeloy is clearly old enough to 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 know that these things maybe aren't as personal as they might seem. If Vigaru forgave Wellens and he slagged him off multiple times in the media for stuff that he did. This uh, and as a this Keshi Anderson situation is similar. Either. This is kind of a sink or swim moment for Adeloy and hopefully he comes past it because it would be nice to have a, a player of his physical tools who can perform at this level. And if he doesn't, then he was never good enough to begin with. Oh, okay. Well, I can't I can't add to that. That is uh, as incisive as you get. Okay, yes, right. Tomorrow night. Are you going to be present and involved? Yes, I'll be on, on live blog and various match reporting duties, so be a fun one. Bunk off work slightly early to go over. I'll give you away from the Don Rogers. It's possible, um, you know, if the seating arrangements are a bit like Saturday, that you might have no trouble picking me out. Um, predictions tomorrow. Were you the one who predicted? Did you predict a nil nil or did you predict a win? I had two one to Barrow. Oh, well, I'm super optimistic. So I know you're going to come up with something super cheery. What's your prediction for tomorrow? Swindon nil, Bradford free. Oh, not even a three-one with Adloy coming off. <laughs> That'd be a real Uno reverse card from Morris. Um, um I, yeah, I, I just don't see it. 
I'll, as I said a few weeks ago, I'll bank the I'll bank the prediction points if Swindon aren't going to bank the actual ones. I think I'm going to go just maybe one. Maybe I'll go for the two one in in uh, Bradford's favour, just to think that maybe and maybe that that organisation looks a little bit better. Um, but yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's that's a. Uh, a sobering thought going into it, but um, that's that's the kind of position that we've we've found ourselves in. So, just take small mercies when we can get them. What small mercies will we be able to take from tomorrow? We'll be one game closer to the end of the season, <laughs> and it'll be a game a game short away from um, a big a big bumper away day at AFC Wimbledon, which they don't deserve, but they are going to get. They're going to get about over a thousand people, I think. Yeah, I mean, Wimbledon, looking at it, might be our last chance to win a game as well. So hopefully the the thousand get the the reward for their loyalty to actually showing up to a game at this stage. Well, look, if I'm looking for nothing else, I'll have the delightful company of Mr. Pullen, and I'll have my magic chippy, and I'll have an evening out. So I'll just look forward to that and hold on to that. Yeah, I'm sure everyone else will enjoy the impromptu meet-up outside Magic Chippy with the Love Strangers crew. There we go, yeah. LS Pod Live is happening. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll see you there tomorrow. Um, Joe, thanks so much. Um, and here's, here's, here's to Bradford. Try the box to Good run by him and now match goal. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Here's to Bradford. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.